and valuable time could be. Here, here's what he said. He went on to say, remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. No one wants to die. Even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. Just thought I'd pause for a moment there. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be interrupted by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your own inner voice. Have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. The truth is there's actually three kinds of death, folks. There's a spiritual death that happens when we're estranged from God. There's a physical death that we've talked about already by these quotes. And there's eternal death that happens if we don't have a relationship with God. It made me think of an epitaph. I used to collect epitaphs because a friend of mine collected them when his wife was dying with cancer, and I really enjoyed a few of them. Just, you know, here lies the body of Solomon. Peas neath the forest and the trees. Peas ate here just the pod. Peas shelled out, went home to God. They don't have to make sense. I like this one. Oh, stop and think, you passers-by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so soon you be prepared to die and follow me. Someone didn't like that, so they added two lines at the end. To follow you, I am not content until I know which way you went. <laughs> Makes sense to me. The truth is, death is real for all of us. You do know that life is terminal, right? But Easter tells us something. Easter tells us there is incredible Hope, the hope I want to share with you today is found in one verse in 1 Thessalonians, written to one church that we all get to share in the truth of it. Paul said these words in chapter 5, verse 10, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. The truth of the matter is Good Friday happened, and on Good Friday, he died. The plan of God and His grace is simply amazing. Folks, listen. Sin entered the human race. And when sin entered the human race, sickness and death entered the human race. And God loves His people that He created, and He wanted to do something about it, and so He tells us in this little verse, He gives us two words. They are two of the most amazing words in the history of the world. They're two most amazing words in the whole Bible. These two worlds, words change the course of human destiny and history. These two words revolve around everything that Christianity is and make Christianity everything it is. Our relationship with God is based on these two words. All biblical orthodox truth starts with these two words. He died. Jesus died. The one we're talking about who died is the Son of God, who became the Son of Man, who thought it was not a robbery to be equal with God, who the Bible describes as very God of very God. I mean, this, this is God. This is, this is the Christ, the promised Messiah. This is the one all the angels sang about and the shepherds came to visit and all those wise men. This, this, is the, this is the Son of God who God said at the perfect moment and the perfect time, I'm going to send him into the world so the world can be saved. Look, look, look what Paul said. When the time had fully come, God sent his Son, 
born of a woman, born under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. This is the one that John the Baptist declared of, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. God sent his Son, the Son of God, so he could become the Son of Man, so we could become sons and daughters of God. And Jesus came willingly. And I love this. Paul wrote that Christ died Not that he was killed, he wasn't killed. The Bible tells us that Jesus laid down his life of his own. No one took it from him. He did it willingly, gladly for us. It's amazing when you think about it. Still the son of God who died. Have you ever thought about that? He was the promise of God to Adam in the Garden of Eden after the fall, and he died. He was the focus of prophecy of many prophets, as many prophets spoke more than 300 times about his life and ministry, but he died. He was born of a virgin in a night marked by angels and shepherds, but he died. He was visited by foreign dignitaries who celebrated his birth with gifts and reverence, but he died. He lived as a child in a small community in Israel as a normal Jewish boy, but he died. As a very young man, he astounded a group of religious leaders of his day, but he died. He called a few ordinary people to be his disciples, and they left their families and occupations without question to follow him, but he died. He walked on water, turned water into wine, and multiplied loaves and fish, but he died. He gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, new flesh to the leprous, health to a person with an issue of blood, and even healed the common cold, but he died. He brought deliverance to the demoniac, happiness to the father of a dying child, and hope to despise members of society, but he died. He gave value and credibility to a crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, significance to a tax collector, attention to a widow, approval to a woman who was misjudged, and truth to the masses, but he died. He forgave a paralytic lowered through the roof of a house and a woman accused by religious zealots, and in doing so he declared his ability to forgive sins, but he died. He confronted money changers in the temple, a rich young ruler, and the religious leaders of his day, but he died. He confronted the comfort of the weak, instructed those seeking truth, healed the sick, loved the outcast and the forgotten, the Samaritans and the lost, but he died. He raised the widow's son and his friend Lazarus from death, but he died. He hung in a cross to give his life as an eternal sacrifice for the world, and he died. That's the message of God. He died. Christ Jesus died. There's two other words in this verse that change everything. Did you notice that when I read it? He died for us. Oh, wow. Think about it. He died for us. You and me, he died. He died for us. The image of God in us was marred by sin. We couldn't do a thing about it. We didn't even want to do anything about it. He sent Jesus to die for you and me. Romans says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. 
Two words of inestimable value. The sacrifice for sin was for us. We couldn't do it for ourselves. We wouldn't do it for ourselves. Only the sinless Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Only the spotless, sinless Son of God could take away your sin and mine. He, he, died. he died for us. Look, look what Peter says. Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Hmm. That good news? He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Hebrews says, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised in eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised uh, Again, folks, listen, this is, this is Jesus who died for us. It's the substitutionary death of Jesus who died in our place. He died for us. And you, you know this. We often celebrate Easter with a cross. It's not the cross that's significant, folks. Hundreds of people had died on crosses before Jesus, and hundreds of people were killed on crosses after. Now, the cross does become special because the Old Testament says he would die on a cross, but it's not the cross that makes it significant. It's the Christ who died on the cross that is significant. And he died for us. He died for you, and he died for me. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Are you ready for this? One day we're going to die. There's good news here. There is no part of death that Jesus has already, not already been there. There's no part of death he hasn't tasted. There's no part of death he doesn't know. And he leads us through it in victory. Amen. Actually, it gets better than that. He died and we don't. Do you know what the Bible says? Look, look what it says. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Even whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? It's the message of the cross. It's the message of Jesus. He died for us. He is our gift. He's the gift to us. It's amazing. Speaking of gifts, I thought I'd give a few gifts out today. I'm always looking for something that can help us understand the power of this and the wonder of this. How many here like gifts? Only six of you. Okay, well, we'll make sure you get served. I got a little bit of help here. Let me just get some things out here for a minute so I can organize myself a little bit. Anybody here a little bit nervous still about, uh, oh, I'm not quite ready yet. Are you okay? You can visit with your neighbor for two seconds. That's, oh, there's a lot of stuff in here. Wow, I did really well. Wow, this is amazing. Okay. Are anybody anxious to know what's in here? Okay. Well, Bobby and Kathleen are going to help me. Well, let's start, with, uh, let's start with the fact that we just came out of COVID. Anybody still worried a little about COVID? Let me see. i got five hands I need. Five hands. Here, you guys can run them to them. They're, they're sanitizer. Free. Anybody put your hand up if you want sanitizer. Oh, the, you guys aren't working very well. I'm going to come to you guys over here in just a minute. Okay, Bob, come and help me here. Uh, we Go to the outside back over here, because this crowd over here looks really serious to me, and this crowd looks really serious to me. These are, where did Kathleen go? You go there, I'll go this way. 
Listen, anybody have stress in your life over here? Anybody over here with stress in your life? There's a stress ball. There's a stress ball. Okay, this one really matters. Anybody here with grand, here, old grandkid. Anybody, where'd Bobby go? Okay, good. Yeah, I gotta give one of these out because I give these out all the time. Anybody here with grandchildren? You gotta have grandchildren. A kinder egg. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody, anybody here a handyman? Any handyman or handy woman? Oh, right here? I can handle this one. Duct tape, everybody needs duct tape. Anybody here starting a project soon? You're starting a project soon? Oh my goodness, right there, a brand new tape measure for you. Oh yeah, this is good, we're really doing well here. I got some cards here, Kathleen, maybe you can help me. Okay, God is at home in a loving heart, he lives in you. Thank you, for, oh this is a thank you card. Anybody need a thank you card to give away? Okay, way at the, all way at the back. May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we're away from each other. Oh, this is just saying, hi, I'm thinking about you. You're in my thoughts. Anybody need one of those cards? Okay, going to make the back? Okay, here we go. Kudos, hooray, fantastic. You did it. Way to go. Oh, congratulations. Anybody need a congratulations card? Somebody going to leave school soon? Or a job? Or not our church, hopefully. Oh, anybody got a friend who's going to have an anniversary soon? This is an anniversary card. You guys, these are free, folks. Anybody, oh, if any, oh, listen, Bobby, where do you go? Now, listen, it's one thing to have a gift card, but I got gift bags. If you're, anybody here thought I should have bought gift bags yesterday? I got two of them right here. You can have, oh, they're right in there. Perfect. I don't know what happens in your house, but in my house, when it gets dark, all the furniture moves. And you can tell where I am in the house, but oh, ah, oh, ah, because I seem to stub my toes all the time and I run into things. So our house is filled with nightlights. You know what? You look to me like you need a nightlight. For some reason, it just seemed to fit perfect. I just knew that. Anybody here got too much time on their hand and you're a little bored sometimes? If you really want to be bored, I can help you. This is a jigsaw puzzle with a thousand, there's a young girl right there, over somebody over here, a jigsaw puzzle with a thousand pieces. Any businessman in the house, you'd love a great book on how to run a business. Any businessman in the house? You want a great book? Only one gift per person, sir. You should have, you should have missed the nightlight. You're running a business? Perfect, this is great. I don't know if you know this or not, but I've traveled a lot. Thank you, I'll do the last one. I've traveled a lot in the ministry, and I, my first trip overseas was Kenya. I wanted to collect something, and I collect walking sticks. So and then people started giving them to me. So I've been to over 60 countries of the world, and I have over 80 walking sticks as it happened. This one's from Tanzania. On one of my first trips to Tanzania, we visited an orphanage, and one of the little boys in the orphanage was four years old when that happened, when he got the orphanage. We feed him, we close him, we house him. And as he's walking to the orphanage, his mom had died. His dad was a criminal. He took, was unfaithful. He got AIDS. His wife died with AIDS, and they put him in jail. And he's walking to the orphanage with the worker. And the, orphanage called for, the worker called him by name, Mohammed. He's four years old, street smart already, trying to survive. And he said, don't call me Mohammed. My name is Moses. He said, well, no, your name's Mohammed. He said, no, I'm going to, Moses. 
Why? He said, no, your name's Muhammad. He said, no. When my daddy gets out of jail, he'll look for Muhammad, but there won't be one. There'll be a Moses. Tanzania. Anybody got a connection to Tanzania? I'll give one of my walking sticks away. Anybody got it? Oh, right there, Tanzania. Wow, amazing. You might have to share this with somebody because it's a bit tall for me too. Oh, you've already got a walking stick. That's a nice one. I have a question for you. We gave away a bunch of gifts today. How many got gifts? Let me see your hands if you got a gift. Okay, let me ask you this question. How many of you, how many of you I gave a gift to deserve the gift? Why don't, around them, why don't you tell the people around them who got, who got, you didn't get a gift? What did they do to deserve that gift? Nothing. That was a generosity out of my heart. They didn't deserve that. Not at all. Not a thing. Neither did we. We did not deserve the gift of God that gives us eternal life, that makes us his sons and daughters, so that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we could have life forever and ever and ever. And it gets better. He died for us, you ready? So that... So that what? We may live together with him. Wow. We live together with him. I'm, I'm doing this bad again. Here we go. Let me go back there. Huh. What do you mean live? I thought he died. Well, he did. But the grave could not hold him. I've heard it said that if only one person had ever received Jesus as Savior and Lord, he would have still died. I'm happy to believe that. But I need to tell you that if no one had ever received him, if none of us were in the kingdom, the grave could not hold him because he is the Son of God. And on Easter Sunday, he rose triumphant over sin and death and hell, and he lives. That's why we can be with him. We can be with him because he is alive. He is ever alive. Oh, listen, don't you love the scripture? The Lord is in heaven right now interceding for us. Who was he that condemns Christ Jesus who died more than that? Who was raised to life is at the right hand of God interceding for us. For this very reason Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. I love how Andy Stanley put this. Andy Stanley, oh, let me, we're somewhere in there. Let me go back. And maybe, there we go. I don't know why we missed it going by. Where is it? <laughs> I have no idea, folks. It was right there. Ah, I keep finding it. There, there we go. Okay. Now you know why they don't pay me for technology. Here's what he said. This is profound. We don't have a resurrection because we have a Bible. Folks, the Bible wasn't written for 300 years after the death of Jesus. We have a Bible because there was a resurrection. We have a Bible because there was a resurrection. And God says we can be together with him. 
Oh man, I love that. You and I are going to be together with him. Think about it. He wants us with him. Together matters. Together is now. Together is future. Together matters. That's why we grieve when people we love die. We don't die. We don't grieve without hope. We have hope. But you see, when you love, there's always future attached. I had my little wife with me on Good Friday, 55 years this July. Just June we'll be married. Did any of you see her? Is she not the cutest 75-year-old? Wow. I met her in a post office with a friend. I was so impressed by her, I showed off. I showed off enough they kicked me out of the post office. I could hardly wait to meet her again. And I did. And she was not interested in me at all as a person. She was interested in the fact that I wasn't following Jesus. So she and her friend made me a project. And I came to faith and came to know the living Lord. Hmm. We didn't date for two years. And then one summer, all the kids in our youth group all went away for the summer. It was just her and me. I had my first motorcycle then. I wasn't sure it was, I wasn't sure if it was me or the motorcycle. But I didn't care. I got to spend almost every day with her. Huh. And then she went away for two weeks. And I just realized I was nuts about this girl. We were only friends up to that time. 55 years ago, 57 years ago, wow. She came back, and I went for a walk with her. I took her by the hand, first time I'd ever held her hand. She wasn't that excited about it. And I said, I just want you to know I've fallen in love with you, and I'm planning to marry you. And she said, oh, no, because <laughs> she didn't want to ruin a good friendship. So I really began to pray then. See, when you love somebody, you can hardly wait till the next moment. I could hardly wait for her to fall in love with me. It took months. I could hardly understand that. Can you? Huh. Then I could hardly wait to get engaged, and then I could hardly wait to get married, and then I could hardly wait to get kids, and then I could hardly wait for the kids to leave home. And then they came back, and I could hardly wait for them to leave again, and then I could hardly wait for grandchildren. You see, when you love, there's always a future. So when people we love die, you can't plan the future anymore. There's no more Christmases. There's no more birthdays. But Jesus comes along and says, I want you to be together with me. Here, my heart, there is always a future with Jesus. That's the message of Easter. Because he lives, we live also, and we will live with him. We will live together with him. In a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live and you also will live. So that whether awake or asleep, huh, we can be with him. Aren't you glad of that? Maybe another personal story if I can. I, uh, there's no reason for this, folks, at all. I have just been blessed with incredible health. I just... I haven't missed a day's work since 1985. Think about that. Not one day. Just never. Just don't get sick. I'm not, I'm not bragging. 
I did get a little bit of a head cold a few weeks ago. I happened to be off, so I didn't miss a day. Just, it's planned. You know, I don't know. I, I must confess, I did lose one day once I fell and broke my ankle. I was skiing down the side of a mountain. No, that's not true. I was stepped on the ice and fell on my own ankle and broke it. The mountain sounded better, didn't it? I missed a day. Then I couldn't stand it. I went to work. I rented a wheelchair, then crutches, and then got rid of the walking boot. It's great. And then I discovered when I was young, I had my heart would kick into overdrive from the time I was little. And when I got in, I don't know how old I was, somewhere in my 50s or 60s, I failed a stress test. Anybody fail a stress test? So they did an angio, whatever it is, you know, to look into your heart and see what's going on. And the doctor says to me, he's a specialist at the University of Toronto doing some work, and he said, um, can I use your video, a video of your heart? I said, well, sure, why? And he said, because I want to show people what a healthy heart should look like. The nurse came in and said, you must have good genes or you work out a lot. I said, have you looked at this body? <laughs> some or some years ago, I got where the heart would kick and overdrive and I couldn't I couldn't stop it, so it went into the catheter ablation. Here's what they discovered. All of you have one electrical system in the heart. I had two. You're all wired for 110. I've been wired for 220 all my life. It kind of explains a lot, doesn't it? You know, sort of. Anyway, I'm coming to a point here. There's a point to this. I was invited to preach spiritual emphasis days in the Bible College in Alberta. And I showed up. The first day felt great as always. I woke up the next morning. I was so sick. I had to preach four times. I had headaches. I was nauseated. I was dizzy. I was lightheaded. I was so I was so sick. But you can't tell people you're the guest speaker. You've got to, and you, I have no idea what I said. I'm sure nobody got saved in the Bible College because I was there. I'm just joking a little, although you never know. I just was so sick, and I finally got to the airport. I'm sitting in the airport waiting to go home. And a young couple, really nice young couple, come over and said to me, you look awful. I said, I know I feel awful. They said, are you going to be all right? I said, I think so. I'm going home. Have you ever noticed that tough men can hardly wait for tender, loving care from their wife when they're not well? I haven't had a lot of reason to claim that over the years. I got in the plane. And I'm sitting there. And this thought hit me so hard. You've never been sick, ever. I wonder if this is the beginning of the end. I wonder if this means I'm about to die. Because I've never been sick. As I'm sitting in the plane, all I can tell you is this. The risen Lord showed up. He said, I'm with you now. And I'm with you then. And when I got better, I was kind of sad. Because... I was ready to go because that's what God does for us. He gets us ready to go to be with him because now it's so good and we know that there is better and God comes to us. That's the message of Easter. The good news of Easter is he is, wants us with him together forever. I, I love how Paul put it in 2 Corinthians the message, for this, for instance, we know that when these bodies of ours are taken down like tents and folded away, they will be replaced by resurrection bodies in heaven. God made, not handmade. 
and we'll never have to relocate our tents again. Sometimes we can hardly wait to move. And so we cried out in frustration. Compared to what's coming, living conditions around here seem like a stopover in an unfurnished shack. And we're tired of it. We've been given a glimpse of the real thing, our true home, our resurrection bodies. The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. That's why we live with such good cheer. You don't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in but don't yet see that keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. But neither exile nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing. And that's what we aim to do regardless of our conditions. Wow. He died for us. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. A man died and went to heaven. And when he got there, Peter met him at the gate, pearly gates, and said, here's how it works. You need 100 points to make it into heaven. You tell me all the good things you've done and I'll give you a certain number of points for each of them. And depending on how good it was, when you reach 100 points, you get in. Okay, the man says, I was married to the same woman for 50 years and I never cheated on her, not once, not even in my mind. I loved her deeply in my heart. That's wonderful, said Peter. That's worth two points. Only two points, the man says. Well, I attended church all my life, and I supported this ministry with my tithes and service. Together, t- terrific, says Peter. That's certainly worth a point. Just one point. Well, I started a soup kitchen in my city, and I also worked in a shelter for homeless veterans. Fantastic. That's good for two more points, Peter said. Two points. Exasperated, the man cries, at this rate, the only way I'll get into heaven is by the grace of God. And Peter said, come on in. He died. He died for us so that whether awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.